welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host. It is Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. That's me. I'm waving. No, I'm not. You can't tell. This is audio only. Uh, you are also here with the one, the only, the man who's probably going to cough in this episode, Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Well, hey. Yeah, um, yeah. Expect some like jump cuts if if you can be bothered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that does sound like a lot of work. So <laughs> maybe uh, you might just because I imagine Matt Matt is quite a professional and he he tends to lean away from the microphone when he's when he's doing coughing. So I imagine that's probably going to be the case. You'll probably get some distant coughs in the uh, in the edit. I'll try and edit them out as much as possible, but. Like I say, it's a lot of work, and I'm in a particularly lazy mood. So we'll see. We'll see how how motivated I am by the time it comes to editing. How are you, Matt? How are you? Apart yeah. from being extremely coffee, how are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Like still living in this the bubble that we were in. Um, had a little bit of a scare that the bubble was not going to be a bubble anymore. But um, obviously. It was just a scare and nothing more. So yeah, life life is still for us like it used to be for you, or might be in the future for you, sort of. Yeah, it's it's looking ever more distant. That is, with yeah, because we we're, we're getting like really weirdly we're getting targeted Facebook adverts going. Your area is high risk. Um. And I think that's the way that they're doing it because it's hard to keep track of like which areas at what point at any given time. But it's it's largely seeming all the areas that that are not um, kind of in the south and full of rather wealthy people are high risk. Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> no comment. No comment. It is really funny. Yeah, yeah. it's... Yeah, so I'm I'm sort of in this little bubble still. Um, I think I've gigged since the last time I cast, like, but I haven't spoken to you for over a month at this point, and it's been like four weeks since I've gigged. So yeah, it went it went well. I can't remember much about it. <laughs> yeah, it, you've slept <laughs> since then, and yeah, it's it was nothing of note. So yeah, pretty much yeah. that. Yeah. Um in terms of what I've been up to guitar wise, not 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 a great deal. Like it, it I'm in the middle of a six week off period from gigging, um, which obviously having gigged most weekends since we were able to, um, a little bit weird. I I did plan on breaking down the board. I still plan on breaking down the board, <laughs> but I've now got two weeks to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like um it's like when you were a kid and you you had six weeks holiday. You're like, yeah, I yeah. plan on doing this, this, and this, and then it's it's like the last week before term You're term like, starts shit. again. <laughs> shit, yeah, I've literally just stayed in my pants and played Sega. Um, yeah, it, yeah that's pretty much how my uh, my half terms used to go. So, <laughs> ah, ah, but there is definitely one thing that I need to mention, and that is that my thirty seven effects. Obviously, Doug Chris, the the Patreon uh, backer, my thirty seven effects fat guy little coat fuzz has arrived, and I have played it quite a bit. Um, 
Nice. I am a big fan of the fat guy little coat. Um, it's I'm gonna guess Fuzzface kind of esque. Okay. Like if I like, I I don't know what the circuit's like. I've not asked him anything about it. But to me, it sounds certainly more Fuzzfacey than um Big Muffy in terms of like if you've got the two types of fuzz and they are them, then I would say it sounds definitely more Fuzzfacey. But he might tell you that I'm completely wrong. I might be shouting out my ass, but that's what I hear. Um, but it's it's not one that gets lost in a mix, so it's a little bit brighter than I was expecting. Okay, but yeah. in terms of using it in a mix, that's perfect. It sits in exactly that right frequency where the guitar is supposed to sit so that the bass doesn't get in the way, keyboards don't get in the way, it doesn't get in the way of the vocals. It's just it's right there where it needs to be. Um, I put it on the board for one gig, um, which was that gig, um, and yeah, it it just it did exactly what I wanted it to. Um, slightly different voicing to the Raise the Dead, but it's certainly a similar similar kind of vibe. Which Raise the Dead have you got? Have you got the germanium or the? I've got silicon. You got the silicon because from your description there, I'm thinking that the um, the fat guy little coat is silicon based as well because you tend to find um, germanium. Uh, germanium fuzz faces are a bit smoother, and, and the EQ tends to be a bit more like you, what you were mentioning, where it it can get lost. Uh, yeah. You you have to crank it a little bit louder, and it doesn't really sit. It just you just end up wall of sounding people. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, germanium fuzz faces tend to be good in like. Uh, less dense band mixes like trios, uh, but but yeah, um, sil- silicon as a as a rule of thumb is a bit a bit brighter and a bit more kind of snarly, a bit more attack to it. Yeah. Um, so I assume that's the case. But Doug, definitely get in the Fret Talk podcast and give us a bit more info about that because I'd like to talk more about it because it seems. Like from what I've seen, it's it's an amazing looking little unit, and I want to hear it. So, yeah, I I probably should have done some recording tones, but I just get I I got distracted by playing. Um, I was I basically been running it and um a Brexit means Brexit, either into like, like into each other in both directions or separately into the Marshall Origin Five, and just playing along with stuff like yeah, and just having having a whale of a time. So, um, yeah, so like a good yeah. Uh, to be fair, I I know that I've got a good pedal for demo. When when that happens, when I like I set aside a night for it, like I usually set aside like a Monday or Tuesday night so that I've got time to then edit it and time if anything happens to kind of go back and fix it. Um, but I've had a couple of pedals that I've gone to like. Gone to plug it in on the Monday or Tuesday night where I've had the t- the, t- the log the the spare time to do it and ended up pissing the entire time away just playing it and thinking shit it's like ten o'clock and I can't start recording now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then then that's that's it. Like um, I I yeah. It's it's just yeah. It just made me play and play and play and play and play. And yeah, it, it's exactly what you want from that kind of stuff. Like. I was running it, it into the BMB, and playing a lot of like Santana style stuff because it just gave you that 
fully saturated kind of gainy goodness that Santana has. You just flick it over to the neck pick off, roll, roll off a bit of tone, and, and you're just there. Sounds good, my man. Sounds good. I mean, Santana's tone, it it got better. Like, that, that kind of rolled-off neck pickup, smooth, buttery tone is kind of the the 90s onwards, where he found PRSs, and he, he was... I think he plays Messers. Um, I we, don't know. I think I think you might be right. He, I know he's got dumbbells, but... Did the, he not step away from the dumbbell? I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about Santana to be any kind of authority on it. I can I can say for sure that he plays PRS guitars and that's about it. Yeah. Um but yeah, like if you go back to some of the earlier 70s stuff, his tone is fucking whack. It's just really like thin and uh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about like the likes of Smooth and that kind of era of Santana where it was just kind of like thick and creamy, just saturated but not not like oversaturated and harsh, just like yeah, just thick and creamy and just awesome. Like it's it's one of my favorite guitar tones. Some might say that that guitar tone is smooth. They they may well do that. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Even I've been embarrassed. <laughs> but it, it it it's a really good description of that guitar tone, isn't it? It's a really yeah. smooth, rounded sound. Yeah. It's not particularly gainy, but there's lots of kind of sustain and saturation. And yeah. all of the corners of the, the sound have been taken off either by the like the weights driving the amp or like him choosing a neck pickup and rolling that tone so that the, the pick attack is softened as well. So it just it really is a smooth tone. But it just makes you not want to say it, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Yeah, I I can't wait to hear that actually. So, yeah, yeah, you've reminded me of something actually, uh, something that I did say that I would because I was I was chatting with um with Mister Yeomans today. In fact, actually earlier on about like six o'clock, um, because he'd posted up on his Instagram, he'd posted up a new pedal. Ah, uh, yes, it's finally been announced. I've been aware of the pedal for a little while. Indeed, I've I've got the the prototype for it down here, which I believe doesn't sound a great deal like the like how it is now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it had some, had some revisions, has it? It has. He's tweaked it somewhat. I mean, some of it was based on the uh, uh, the instruction that I gave him on based on that um, the prototype. The prototype was really good, um, but I was just saying if you tweak this this bit a little bit and like. Just make sure that this control does this a little bit more. It was like, yeah, yeah, sound. And then, then after that, it was like, okay, I've changed, changed all of the clipping options, and I've completely <laughs> reworked this bit and that bit. It's like, okay, cool, cool. He's <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's ready. Here it is. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited for it because like the way he's described it and and going on it based uh, based on what I've heard from the prototype, it's kind of uh fendery tweedy um dumbly maybe uh, i i don't want to use these these terms too much because it's yeah. um 
if it's anything like the um, the Messiah, it it does the plexi thing, but it it does such a wide range of tones. Yeah. That just saying, oh yeah, Marshall in the box, kind of undersells it a little bit. It does, yeah. Like the the Messiah does so many different levels of Marshall. Like it's not just a plexi. Yeah, it does the it does the eras of Marshall, doesn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, and like, and it also does like Marshall pushed with a pedal as well. Like the 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 high gain side is almost like a Marshall pushed with something else. Yeah, just just to hit, hit a bit full like, on. A bit like in the eighties where they they take their like their original Marshall heads and get them modded to push them even further. It it gets that kind of territory. Yeah. Yeah, um, so this is the the pre. Is it called the Preacher Drive? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a Preacher Drive from Chevtone, and like, yeah, um, it's a little bit different from what I normally play, but I still want to, I still want to check one out because, yeah, like I say, the the original the Messiah just kind of has got me. I don't want to say hooked on his pedals, but yeah, it's got me intrigued to try the rest. Like I like I I'm on a journey of trying to try all of the Tate effect stuff without leaving the Isle of Man, which is difficult when the only person on the Isle of Man who has any Tate effects pedals is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. it it means that whenever you see like the the B stock bargains, you're like yes, yeah, bye bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Although there was a B stock bargain that dropped yesterday, but that was a Silicon Raise the Dead, and I'm like, oh, I've got one of them. But weren't it Germanium? <laughs> no, it was Silicon. Was it? Hundred percent, definitely silicon. I mean, you will you will know because like I've I've looked at it in passing, whereas you've been hovering over the button. Yeah, I'm assuming so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, like again, it it's the uh, the Tate effect pricing uh, strikes again. Like the only thing wrong with this is like a B stock bargain. One of the screws threaded when he when he was putting it together. Which meant that he had to drill out the drill out the screw that had threaded, so he could put a new, a new screw in, and it's it's taken the paint off, not off the pedal itself, off the countersink on the pedal, so you can see a, like a tiny little bit of bare metal, and you'd think, oh, that that's like a minor blemish, maybe like knock a tenner off. He's knocked something like sixty quid off the price. Yeah, I think it's down from 150 to 105. So yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, absolutely. Like if you if you're after a, a a sweet bargain, check out tight stuff because the moment there's any blemish and like there's stuff on it that I can't even see with some of these blems. You go, yeah, oh, this bit scratched to fuck. I'm looking at it and it's got like the tiniest little scratch. If you put it up to light at a certain angle, yeah, you're like, mate, that. You could sell that as as like top stock, and he's like, no, no, I need to discount it. Here you go, fifty quid off this. You know, you absolute <laughs> madhead. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I, I, and yeah, we we say this, but like, getting more of them into people's hands is just a good thing anyway, because the more people that play t- Stuart's pedals, the more people are going to want to buy Stuart's pedals because you're. Everybody is going to talk to other guitarists about them because they are just so good. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you look at how much we talk about them, and um, I mean, I, I know that Stuart interacts with the the podcast quite a lot, and he's he's been quite uh, quite a friend of the podcast. Um, but 
honestly, we would we wouldn't be talking about them as much if they weren't that that good. Um, absolutely. Like I I don't say pedal. I like the sound of pedals that I don't like. The sound of like there's there's literally no point because if somebody then buys something off a recommendation that I've said and then says, oh, actually that was shit, and I then go, oh well, yeah, I know it is. I just look like a twat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in in the business of um being like a personality within the guitar world and i'm not saying that we're anywhere near like massive enough to consider ourselves uh personalities but like building up to to anywhere near that if you if your word isn't it can't be trusted if if people can't trust what you're saying to them you don't mean shit in this this line of work do you Exactly. Yeah, there's like you have to be somebody who's trustworthy. People have to yeah, be able to trust what you're saying. So yeah, it it like absolutely wouldn't say anything good about pedals that I I wouldn't want to I I, I wouldn't actually use myself. Which is like like I say, go going back to it, like I want to get myself a honey burst and a preacher from Chevtone at some point. They're they're on my to do list. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I I can understand why the the honey burst and the the um the Messiah work really well paired together because it is like that, like a kind of amp style drive and then the pedal style drive, which you can then like marry together to get almost like a dual channel kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, and the the preacher, I'm assuming, then comes in as like the other side so the 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 messiah's the british kind of uh flavor of gain and then you've got um the the preacher will then kind of take the american side of things um but like since we've uh since i've last played the uh the chef tone stuff there's been a massive massive revision um so not only visually but internally as well um so to make everything a bit more consistent, um, Yeomans has been working really hard behind the scenes to work out um, like a, a PCB layout which kind of mirrors the tag board stuff, but it also allows him to use um, like certain components which are like top quality components but aren't really feasible to use on a tag board. So like certain capacitors, like box caps, really difficult to use um, on a tag board because the the leg spacing on on those capacitors is really really shallow, whereas yeah. tag board is like a set, maybe like set a couple of inches um, between the two uh, between the two tags. Um, so it's it's allowed him to use like certain. Uh, certain high quality uh capacitors to be able to and a lot of other components as well I'm, I'm not entirely sure of the of the the revisions that he's using there but he's also he's got like kind of tag board style pcbs printed uh so like he can he can uh knock the knock the pcbs out a little bit quicker in terms of uh build time so he can get more of them out there but also the consistency as well so he's got these and he's he's Look, his attention to detail again. It's it's almost kind of like 
uh, like Stuart Tate kind of levels where he's colour-coded the PCBs that go inside the pedal to the colour scheme of the pedal, which is like, yeah. insane. <laughs> so he's got like, I think he's got a black one inside the, the, uh, the Honey Burst. He's got a white one in the Preacher and I think it's like a yellow one in the Messiah to match the gold uh, gold lettering. Uh, so like he's he's gone to that, but he's also he's he's sourced um, like a a company to um, to like finish um, the enclosures as well. So whereas before it was like I think he was getting like um, vinyl um, vinyl stickers on the front, and then like uh, epoxy finishing them. Which yeah. like looks really cool, um, but again, like really time consuming and really inconsistent. No matter how good you are at doing that, um, for whatever reason, like be it like temp, like slight temperature changes or like just a like a bit of dust in the atmosphere, it can completely fuck up like an epoxy finish. Yeah, uh, so he's he's got uh got a company to to like finish the entire enclosure rather than just the front and uh and like uh like mask print of some description uh like the graphics and they look absolutely banging yeah sorry i was literally just going through the instagram to check because i hadn't noticed that the pcbs were color coded to the pedals yeah. i think that's fantastic yeah it's it's another one of those like li- extra little steps that 99% of the people won't notice. They're not going to bother opening it up and don't care. Um, but he he's, he knows and he's like, I want it to be this. I, I want every last detail of the pedal to be considered. Yeah. And it's it's one of them. Um, so, yeah, I'd say if you if you have checked out Chef Tone stuff in the past, back over to his Instagram because like like Matt's just done like you, you you'll see how it's like the, the new revisions of them. So it's just like honing in the consistency, honing in like the the consistency of like parts and finish as well. Um but um, I mean he didn't really need to people weren't complaining about it before. But it's just it's another another like fine step. Yeah. So, so I'm cool with that, uh, and I can't wait because he said he did say that uh, in a couple of weeks' time when he's got uh, got the like a, a couple of a couple of them sorted in stock, uh, he'll send some more down so I can try the new newer versions to see what I think, which I'm very excited about. I'm also going to hide my wallet. I imagine. That. <laughs> I'm probably gonna. I'm I'm eyeing up that preacher. It looks it looks wicked. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I did have a quick look on his website to see if the preacher's on there yet, and it's not. No, it's it's only just uh, kind of. Yeah, he announced it today, didn't he? Yeah, so it'll be it'll be a week or so, maybe. Yeah. Um. What also have I done this week? I've just noticed that the the time is actually ticking on. We're we're not even close to news. I thought we'd be newsing, newsing right up in it by this point. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's get more the last bits of more what what we've been up to. Um, 
Right, so it's been a vibey week. Been a really vibey week. Um, so for, first of all, like chronologically, going forward from like the live cast. I think I mentioned it on the live cast actually. Uh, Stomp v Stomp episode number three is out, which is um, it's Univibe flavored. So of course I don't have a Shinai Univibe. Um, who does? Uh, <laughs> um, but I've got a a Univibe which I look to at every given opportunity, which is the the Moen Shaky Jimmy. Um, absolutely fantastic bit of kit. Um, I I hold it up as like absolutely brilliant. Um, so I wanted to see how that stood up against the uh, the HX stomps. There's there's two modes. There's like the legacy mode again. I think I've done that in a couple of them where there's like a legacy mode, U vibe. I think it was called, and then the the helix version is called the ubiquitous vibe. And I almost didn't shoot that video because, again, like I did, I did that thing where, like the night before, I plugged in the uni vibe, and like just had a little kind of feel around to see what I'd be doing in the video. Ended up playing the shaky Jimmy for an hour, didn't I? Uh, so, um, but like I was playing the shaky Jimmy, and it was it was absolutely blowing the um the hx stomp out of the water because i was doing it just the the hx stomp ubiquitous vibe versus the um the shaky jimmy now the reason why the uh the ubiquitous vibe weren't sounding as good is because i was running it in mono whereas if you run it in stereo it makes complete sense and it sounds wicked but in mono it's not as good as the shaky jimmy so I ended up running the other two effects in stereo. Or in fact, sorry, I, I run the ubiquitous vibe in stereo. I don't think the legacy U vibe was stereo. But yeah, so I, I tr- trouble shot? No, not trouble shot. Uh, shoot outed? Shot, shot out? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, conducted a shootout. Conducted a shootout. There you go. That, that, that's how to English. Uh <laughs> That's yeah. That's really hard to pluralize. Um, so I conducted a shootout between those three, um, three things, and uh, there was a chap in the in the comments, Raúl, who said that actually the shaky Jimmy and the the ubiquitous vibe were they just had like a depth of character that the other one didn't. Um, I loved all three. To be honest, I was getting real, um, real super super into that kind of sense. I've recorded the next in the series, and I think on Pedalboards of Doom, you can see it now, I think I've put it as a premiere, and it is the uh, the the Boss DM2. Now, again, I don't have a Boss DM2. I do have a Moore Anna Echo, which I am told is pretty close. Um, so I, I shot that out against the the analog delay and the uh oh fuck what's it called other oh, bucket brigade which again are both uh DMT flavors of uh of delay I think you might have even tried 
the analog delay because I think it's on the M5. If, oh, it's some... the, if it's the analog delay from the M5, I've definitely used it. Yeah, so that's one of the one of the things that are troubleshoot. Troubleshoot, not troubleshoot. That's the wrong <laughs> word. Used in the shootout. Used in the shootout. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to tell you any more about that. I'm going to let you um, let you watch it in about three weeks' time. Fuck. <laughs> um, but in that in that video, I shout back to the the Unified video, and it it asks a question or like asks if you notice something about the video. I'm just going to tell you here because it, it might be a bit subtle and it might be a bit like cryptic. I'm just going to say it here. Check. Check the time. Okay. It will make sense in about three weeks time. Check the time. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's my, that is my uh, thingy. But I also, I did a, a, a shoot out on the no talk auto. It's not really a shoot if it's just on its own. So I did a demo of the the Nux Monterey vibe, which is something that Mr. Will Powell uh, of the podcast and of a Rocket Complex, he lent me this pedal. He lent it me so long ago, I think he forgot that I had it. Uh, so I do apologise. This is my public apology to Will. I'm really sorry that it's taken me so long. Uh but yeah, I, I did the uh, the Monterey vibe, and again, pretty wicked. I was getting getting some pretty decent sounds with uh, Unified pedals. I'm usually more into the the vibrato mode than I am the chorus. However, with the Nux one, the chorus mode's any better. Who knew? Okay. Like, I'm I'm down for that. I'm down for a little bit of bit of a change. What I did notice as well. When I was going, I was going back through some of the, the no talk or tone thingies to see like what I've done, what I haven't. I should really have like a spreadsheet or something of, of like the pedals that I've done and versus what I haven't. I'm not that organised. You know what I haven't done yet, and it surprised me, to no end. But no talk or tone. I'm gonna guess you haven't done the Mojo Mojo. I've done the Mojo Mojo. That was not that long ago. That was like. Maybe a month ago. But the TC Shaker. Ah. I've not no talk or tone that. I've done I've done a pedal boards of doom video for it. I think I might have done like a, a quick kind of demo for the channel, but I've not done an official no talk or tone for it. And I'm i I'm gonna double check it because I, I I get this real weird feeling that I have done it. Um but I'm gonna double check it and if not that's going to be the one coming out next. Maybe. Who knows? Nice. Sorry. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, and I've, uh, I did say on the uh, on the last podcast that around Christmas time, maybe the last the last one of 2020 will be <laughs> will be a funny one. Uh, for the no talk or tone, because I think I'll I'll have. Maybe like a couple of weeks off for Christmas, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll like really work hard before Christmas and get them recorded so that I can keep it going. 
but one of them is going to be really funny and I'm going to I might let you know close to the time <laughs> right okay I look forward to this um, but we've got we, we've got a podcast to be getting on with here Mr Matt Quine and yeah, we, we are do. we are going to be doing a news discussion not just news but discussion smash together news discussion you're ready I am ready cool Right, so uh, first up in the new discussion, PVHP2. Uh, so the HP2 apparently was um, was a, a model that had already previously happened. A little bit of a story behind it. So um, in 1996, um, after leaving Music Man, Eddie Van Halen went over to PV guitars because i think he was already by that point he was already uh doing the 5150 amp i think that was maybe like 1992 okay uh, but he he, he kind of got coerced over to do uh to do guitars with pv um and released the wolfgang model which was v- like very similar to a, a music man shape i think it's like the the axis uh, kind of like almost Telly meets Les Paul ish. Yeah. Um, yep. But the the PV one, I believe, is like a carve carve top, so it's slightly more angular, um, like smooth angles rather than just being a, a slab body. Uh, so nineteen ninety six, uh, this happened, and then they they stayed in partnership for a while, but in in two thousand four. Um, Eddie then broke off to do the EVH guitar company, a lot of the EVH company, because I think they then took the 5150 as well. Uh, and at that point, they continued on with the Wolfgang for a little while, but rebranded it as the HP, uh, which apparently it didn't stand for heading poorly or the source, the British source. That we have that really weird brown <laughs> brown sauce. Um, no, it it stand it's standard it's standard for Hartley PV. I assume that's uh, assume that's the bloke who who founded PV. Who knows? Okay, what? Why? Why two though? Why not one? Fucked if I know, mate. <laughs> okay, uh, just just thought I'd, I'd put it out there just in case you knew. No, not a clue. Maybe it was called just the HP back then. Now it's the HP two. I I don't know. Maybe Possibly. it's two because it's got two pickups. Maybe like they considered the original Wolfgang the HP one. Who knows? Um. So, HP two um was discontinued for quite a long time. Don't know if you've heard. But very recently, Eddie Van Halen died. And then suddenly, PV, back in the game. HP's back back on this. This, uh, this source is back on the table. Uh, <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> yes, okay, so uh, they've the started, like, started a, a, a limited production run of, of the HP. Uh, so uh, the first 400 of them... Are gonna use new old stock 
a reserve of wood that they had from the 90s. Okay. So, so to me, that's like, oh, look, what, the 10-year-old wood? That's hardly anything to write home about. No, it's 30 years old because the 90s weren't a decade ago. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not quite, like, I'm not 30 yet. I'm 29 next week. Oh, happy birthday. And I was born in 1991. So not quite 30, but yeah, probably like 25-year-old wood. Yeah, there we go, yeah. I'm sure there's a joke there about 25-year-old woods. <laughs> sure there is. I uh, can't think of it. No, <laughs> definitely not. No, I don't know where you're going with this. No. no you're, you're on your own. Yeah, I just got to say, like, the older the wood gets, the, the it's just not as good. It's just not, just not as good, like... Kind of peaked mid mid twenty, I think is uh, is where where wood peaks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> right, so um, yeah, EVH, um, old nineties wood. Uh, so it's twenty five point five inch scale length, fifteen inch radius, maple cap and base wood body. Seems like okay. a bit of a weird one. Um, and uh, full, uh, like single piece maple maple neck. I think it's bird's eye maple as well, so it's a bit fancy. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, what else have we got? So it's got a PV Floyd Rose um, system. Um, it's dual humbucker. It's pretty much what you'd be expecting from a Wolfgang style body. Yeah. Um, what do you think of it? Like, what's your opinion of the the Wolfgang? Uh, sorry, the the HP two uh, shape guitar, etc. etc. I I don't mind the shape. I I like that it's like a a squash telly Les Paul hybrid kind of. Yeah, I I don't mind the shape at all. Yeah. Um. The rest of it, like, it's it's not me. I'm I'm very much like you. I'm a blues dad at heart, and I just I just want a Strat or a Les Paul or a Telly. Yeah. Um. I and the the extra features are just something that I wouldn't use. Like, I don't need a flatboard. I don't need a Floyd Rose. I don't need locking. Not. I don't need. High gain pickups or higher gain. I, I assume they're not like stupidly metal pickups, but they'll. I bet you they'll be higher gain than a standard path. Yeah, they might be slightly overwound. I could deal with that. I reckon. I don't think. I don't think I'd. I'm particularly um, put off by the um, by the sound of them because I don't like. I, like you say, I don't think they're particularly hot. I'd assume they're kind of just kind of overwound uh, Al Nico magnet uh, bookers, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think that was mentioned in the uh, yeah. the spec. Or... I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure they're really good guitars to play um, because they're they're they were designed to be a player's guitar, weren't they? They were designed for obviously yeah. Van Halen's known for his tapping and shredding, and you can't do that on a guitar that you have to fight. 
So they're they're designed very much to be an ergonomic guitar, and I'm sure they're lovely to play. It's just, it's not my kind of instrument. I'll tell you, actually, um, Steve, he mentions um, 90s music mans, music's mans. He he actually holds them in really high regard, um, which is the kind of era that Van Halen would have been. Yeah, signaturizing uh, music man. So I assume it's very similar to that. Um, yeah, fifteen fifteen inch board, maybe a little flat, but yeah, like like you say, it's 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 very much kind of like a, a sports car of the guitar world, isn't it? But it's yeah. it's not. It's not like modern modern sports car. It's like an eighty sports car, like a like a, a Lambo uh, Countach or or like a three three five uh, Spider. Like, yeah. Uh, so, so it's something like that where it's it's got the like the the speed available to it, but it's still kind of got some classic look to it. Uh, yeah. Whereas I think I, I see like modern, I say modern, <laughs> like like I'm quote, like quoting the like the Ibanez RGs and stuff like that. Be modern, <laughs> yeah, the forty year old Ibanez RGs. That's, yeah, fuck me. <laughs> uh, but like it, that's almost kind of like the archetype for um for like modern uh modern guitars and like the like if you look to Fuck, let's say like the the mayonnaise uh, mayonnaise mayonnaise uh, <laughs> um, guitars. They look very much like like a stylized super strap, which is where that all started. And and yeah. like like the solar guitars and, and whatnot. They're all kinds of very very RG and Jackson and and all of this. They're all that kind of centric. You can see where they're. Um, where their history comes from. Um, whereas the the Wolfgang shape, uh, it harks back to the, the classic shapes. So it, it, it's pointing straight back to like the Les Paul and the uh like the strap and like with with the contours and being slightly more rounded rather than pointy. So yeah, it's 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 got its its feet definitely dipped within that kind of classic, classic pool. Yeah. Um, which is why I'd I'd rather rather one of these, like ten times out of ten over, like a modern day mayonnaise or a solar or a, or just anything like that really. Um. Yep, I can absolutely get on board with that. Um, but. You know how much these are going for, Matt? I imagine they're not cheap. Yeah, well, they the USA made. They're a short run, and they they're using old wood. Um, I'm I'm gonna say two thousand two hundred and sixty quid. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, like I'm gonna go with that because like if you. Lean into like the inflation. Uh, sorry, the inflation. The the uh, conversion rate because this is this is in dollars. Got okay. Two nine nine nine. 
So you're probably not far off, you know. I'm probably a little bit under. It's probably like two four fifty or something like that. But yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty bang on, well done. Uh, so yeah, that that's a thing. So, I mean, but what what I wanted the discussion part of this is, it's a bit fucking soon, isn't it? It's a bit soon. It, Look, he's been dead maybe two weeks. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it is very much reminiscent of cashing in, isn't it? It's now that he's he's back in, like, people's mindsets. Like, a lot of people will, will go away and listen to his music with people who pass away again, won't they? Oh, and shit. He was all, all over, like, all the new stuff. and Yeah, yeah. I, I did that, like, a couple of days after he, uh, he'd passed. I put... Uh, Put uh, the best of both worlds, like two disc uh, greatest hits with Hagar and uh, David Lee Roth. Um, Roth era, better songs. Sammy Hagar, better singer, I think is is fair. Okay. I know I'd, I'd have many, many people like argue and try and fight me. But yeah, not a competition. You're entitled to your own opinion, aren't you? Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, no, uh, I'm far enough away from you that you can't fight me. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just 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 my opinion. Um, but like consistently, Van Halen was in in all of that, um, and yeah, like pretty meaty guitar tones. There were some some pretty heavy tunes. Um, Especially towards that later end, like some big drop D rifts. Uh, I didn't. I weren't expecting that. Um, but yeah, uh, pretty good. Some some cool stuff. Like the early stuff really reminds me of like supercharged fifties rock and roll. Pretty much, something like that. Yeah. Um, how about uh, how about your experience of uh, of Van Halen? What uh, has, has he particularly inspired you, or have you listened to the music much? Or I, I, I don't think I've listened to a whole lot of it. Like, obviously, everybody when they're first getting into guitar asks people who you should go away and watch and listen to, and I, I spent a little time maybe thinking that I might want to be a proper shredder and sort of studying a few of Van Halen solos and realizing that. I didn't at the time have the talent or the inclination to go away and learn those techniques. And even now I, I like, I, I possibly have the ability to try and learn those techniques, but I, it, it's, it's just not my kind of music. It's not, it's not something that I actively go, to go out to choose to listen to. Like my, certainly my biggest exposure to Van Halen is actually, was it Billy Jeannie was on? It's one of the Michael oh, um, beat it, yeah. He, he beat played it. That the solo it. Yeah. in that, yeah. Yeah, so that's like I've probably heard that more that song, one song more than I've heard any of his actual stuff or the stuff by the band. But yeah, yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. Really weird like, cameo. The the fact that he he was in in just invited to play on <laughs> a Michael Jackson tune, but like it's it's really iconic. It really is. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And it, it's one of those solos that somebody says the solo from Beat It and you can hear it in your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could, could try and hum it. I reckon if you give me a kazoo, I could get <laughs> at least 60% of the way there. Oh, yeah. speaking of which, speaking of which, did you see the guy who'd um, played Eruption on two stylophones? No, I did not. Oh, it was metal. <laughs> it, and to be fair, it was really good. Like, he nails... Um, I assume it's a bloke. I, I, I don't know. I just saw the hands. Um, but yeah, nails the solo. Like even with like down tuning the the stylophone because there's like a little uh, rotary switch on the back of the stylophone, which allows you to go between octaves. And then like he'll hit the note and like like whammy by. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Um, I would, I would suggest watching it. It's, yeah, I'm gonna have to dig that out. That sounds brilliant. It, yeah, it's. It, I mean, like in terms of the the timbre of the instrument, it's a very grating sound. So it's not gonna win any awards <laughs> for like actual musical uh, merit, but it's a very impressive feat. Uh, just yeah. the the amount of talent that re- that that requires, dedication. Uh, because, like, playing it with two styluses, styli, um, on, like, it, like, doing both of those independently is enough, enough to make me itch on the brain. Um, uh, but yeah, it's well worth a watch. Um, I think, I think, like, ev- every guitarist after a certain point, after, like, Van Halen came about, had that. That thing where you go, oh yeah, that that looks really cool. Like Eddie Van Halen must be like the coolest mofo on the planet, being able to bust out those kind of things. I'll give that a go. Um, and then like twenty minutes afterwards, and you realise no, it's not as easy as he's, he's making it look. Um, you go, okay, maybe maybe just pentatonic licks for me then. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's the other thing. Like whether he actively inspired any of the stuff that I played. Probably not. Does he has he actively inspired half the guitarists that I've learnt from who've uh, like born after nineteen eighty? Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, he's he's a massive. Whether he's a direct influence on me or not, he's definitely had an influence on my playing by influencing other people because he's cited by so many people as somebody that they aspired to or to the reason they picked up the guitar. Oh, completely. And I think in terms of like guitar like electric guitar milestones you've definitely got hendrix way back when like when when hendrix burst onto the scene people were people took note and were like okay we need to up our game absolutely same thing for van halen when he got on the scene people were like shit we yeah we really need to start practicing yeah um and i'm not entirely sure we've got that anymore i think the um the kind of the technique side of guitar is almost plateauing to a point where you're thinking there's there's not really any more wow left there's not that that like explosion of excitement that yeah there's certainly if there is any kind of move forward in technique it's very small jumps there's 
like obviously Hendrix wasn't a small jump and neither was Van Hale. Like it was a big jump from anything that was going on. And I think nowadays any jumps that are there are, are small enough that they don't wow enough people. Yeah, and I think that I think that's it. I think you hit the nail on the head there. From uh, I don't know, like like the Beatles and the Kinks and the Rolling Stones to Hendrix, it was like, wow, shit! Like this guy's busting out some some real real stuff. Um, so it it was like a massive massive jump up. Um, and then after that, like from like the classic rock guys who were no slouches by by like any admission but then from that to van halen it's like wow okay this is next level this is futuristic shit um yeah i think i don't think there's that next leap to go i mean you've got you've got people doing like really uh really interesting guitar styles like Pliny and uh Tosin Abassi and like they're they're incorporating kind of like melodic chord tapping with um other like techniques like slap guitar and stuff. Um but it's just kind of amalgamating stuff that's already happened rather than pioneering a completely new thing. Yeah. Um, and I think like when we look back at guitar technique you, Hendrix is always going to be there. Van Halen's always going to be there. They are milestone players. Absolutely. Uh, you might even might even throw in Malmsteen for a laugh. <laughs> uh, no comment. I, I like Malmsteen. You leave you you leave the Swedish donut donut hugger alone. <laughs> um, Do you know what? You can have him. Yeah. To, to be fair, I will. Yeah, so, um, so I mean, I think it, I think it is cashing in a bit, um, from PV. Um, something about it doesn't sit all that nicely for me. Um, but it's it is it is what it is. It might be their way of paying paying a homage to, uh, to our Ed. And if it is, yeah, fine, carry on. What really gets me, like the gear, the gear exchange in the marketplace, Facebook marketplace. Ugh. Yeah. Straight, literally straight afterwards, a guitar that people were struggling to get like three hundred and fifty quid for. Now suddenly, oh, it's upwards of a grand. Like, yeah. There was that. Yeah. There was that bloke who was selling like a, like an. It was a limited run EVH guitars, Wolfgang shape, with the fifty one fifty stripe. Um. And it was it was like maybe like a Korean model, so five hundred quid maybe. It was trying yeah. to get three and a half grand for it, like the day after Eddie had died. Like you, absolute, you just you, yeah. I don't think there's a swear word strong enough for for the disdain that I have for people. Yeah, like just I just hate people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, we've got we've got space for one more news discussion topic. I reckon we'll leave the final one. Okay. Or I don't know. We might get to it on the live cast. We might not. Who knows? Uh, right. So Gibson Epiphone fifty nine Les Paul 
So, uh, Epiphone have teamed up with the Gibson Custom Shop to kind of spec out an Epi Les Paul. Um, so what they've done, uh, they've got Gibson USA burst buckers in the guitar, which could be like a standard, uh, a standard mod that you'd do to an Epiphone to make it that next level. They've also upgraded the wiring. It's sort of 50s wired with CTS pots. Uh, something about the tenon joint. Uh, I don't know. It's a oh. long tenon joint, apparently, whatever that is. There you go. Uh, it's the best kind, of course. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Yep, ladies love a long tenon joint. <laughs> What's going on, man? What's going on? Yeah, so you like, pre- like pretty decent spec. I'd like to think it's a slightly, slightly bigger body because the Epiphone's a, uh, a reduced size, I think. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to think it's a, a slightly bigger body, um, and it's got the Kalamazoo headstock as well, so it's not not as ridiculous as the kind of the clipped wings headstock that they used to have. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Um. It, look, it's seven seven nine. I think it's it's a bit on the pricey side, but I think Epi's have gone up quite a, quite a bit since. I think like your standard Epi's are kind of four five hundred quid. They have, but like three years ago, you could get a Gibson Les Paul Studio faded for like five hundred quid. Mm, yeah, I think I think they are kind of this price now, aren't they? Or, yeah, or that's, that. I think they're about this, yeah. which, like, I'm not saying Epiphone are inferior. I'm not saying that at all. And obviously, they've upgraded quite a lot of stuff in this. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but this is going to be the dog's bollocks version, whereas the Studio Faded is your bare bones basic version. It is, but I I dare say this instrument still will be a poly finish rather than a nitro and. Yeah, yeah, standard. I I think that's probably the biggest thing that puts me off Epiphones is the fact that the poly finish, like, not so much that it is a poly finish, it's just they don't feel like a Gibson. You can make it look like a Gibson all you want. You can add, you know, wiring to make it sound more like a Gibson. But until you get rid of that poly finish and give it a, a nitro finish... Like bearing in mind, this is like seven hundred and fifty quid's worth of guitar. That's not cheap. That's not a cheap guitar anymore. I'd be wanting a nitro finish just so that it feels like a not not even a premium instrument, just a, a not a bottom of the range instrument. Yeah, I think the the argument is like um, the the PRS SE range are kind of sit around this this price point. They're all poly finished. Yeah, I'm, no, or, I'm almost certain they will be. Yeah, and I would criticise them for that as well because, mind you, I don't like even their nitro finish stuff is super high gloss, and I I don't like high gloss. Yeah, um, like Fenders at this price point will be poly finished. There's there's yeah. there's quite a lot you'd be getting poly finished, but I think it, because it is it comes from the Gibson heritage, I can understand. I could understand why you would why you'd want that. Uh, maybe if they just had like, like a satin feel on the neck, just to 
get away from that kind of stickiness. Don't know. Um, I, yeah. like, I've got no problems with it. I, uh, when I did see the price, I did do a bit of a shop. I think knock a hundred quid off that, just a hundred. It'd sit a bit nicer with me. But yeah, I but- can't argue with that. Like, I, th- I think it was the the fact that it's, you know, two hundred fifty quid shy of a grand. Was it you know, like once you once you start to get to that seven four nine seven fifty kind of range, you start thinking about it's basically a thousand pounds. Whereas if you say six fifty, six fifty isn't basically a thousand pounds. No, that's close, closer to the the midpoint than the than it is to the yeah the upper echelons. And and you're right, and it's it's at that point where you you could possibly be getting something with Gibson on the headstock rather than something with Epiphone. And when you get the Gibson stuff, it's not going to be poly finished. It's going to be nitro. It's going to be a thin nitro finish. It's not going to be particularly well uh, wearing, well wearing, and well looked after in terms of. Um, the finish it's not going to be inspected within an inch of its life at that price point but it's going to be a it's going to be a nice way finish and actually some of those faded um faded finishes you see them on the gear exchange like the fadeds that are like a two or three years old someone's trying to shift it and it's got like that little bit of wear like it's starting to relic up quite nicely so that's a bit of a a selling point for them but they are you're not gonna get like the 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 um double binding like the binding around the body and the neck. Yeah. You're not you're not even gonna get a set of binding on, on one of those at that price point. No no. Yeah, th- I mean that's that's the thing to go for. Like aesthetically it will look like a far more premium instrument than those old studio fadeds or whatever they used to call them. It will look like a far more premium instrument. Yeah, like yeah. you'll you'll get your bindings, you'll get you know all all of the kind of stuff that you're looking for. It's a from what I was reading, is it a triple A veneer over a f- standard flame maple cap? Sorry, standard maple cap. I assume so. Yeah. So it's again kind of cutting the cutting the price uh, that way. Yeah, mm. but I mean their, their argument yeah. is we spent so much upgrading the the hardware and the the pickups and stuff. Hmm. That we still do have to cut corners, otherwise we're basically just building a Gibson. Yeah, yeah, and the more the more you put onto that Epiphone, the less the Gibsons become a an option. Because if you yeah. made it a nitro finish, people like the there would there would be um, like some some people in that um, who are looking in that price range would go. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll just buy the Epi instead. Because it's got it, it's got everything apart from Gibson on the headstock, so I don't know, I don't know. Um, yeah. But it's it's for sure not a not a bad move from Epi. It's it's what you might do to an Epi uh, yourself to make it more Gibsony, which yeah. fine, I'm I'm cool with that. And the fact that they've they've pointed it towards the fifty nine, which is kind of Holy Grail, Les Paul. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, yep, agreed. If you were kind of on on the uh, in the board meeting for Epiphone's next releases, 
what would you be looking to uh, looking to put out, considering they've now done the fifty nine Les Paul? Um, I, I honestly, I would move away from the Les Paul at this point, and I'd be saying there's not many SGs in our range, and they're all there's usually one SG at a time. Why don't we have one with a bat wing and one with the small pit guard? Maybe see if, like, I think Epi have done the Vibrola in the past, haven't they? Yeah, I think very recently they've done um, an SG uh, an SG uh, special. It's, no, it's not the special because it's got the binding. Um, but the SG with the, the two P90s. Um, yeah. And I think the full full bridge, not the wraparound. They've done the the bat wing with the vibrola, the bat wing with the maestro trim, and they've done the full guard uh, dual booker version. So I think I think they've actually catered generally yeah, quite maybe nice. They have. I don't. I just. I. I think the les the. Les Paul market kind of is oversaturated at this point, especially like they've got all their standards, which have got like some of the features that some of the bigger guitars. So like some of them have got split, split. Um, you can split the split or yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, thing the, the humbuckers and stuff and the old um, uh, Epiphone Pro, pro yeah. yeah, the Pro, um, the Pro Bookers or something. I think they call yeah, them. yeah, yeah. They were the Pro Bookers. Is what was in my um, my Explorer. Yeah, they were yeah. the pro bookers and they were splittable and they you know they've they've got something to cater for most of the the les balls and if they're not willing to throw a nitro finish out there to make something <clears throat> sorry to make something a little bit more vintage feeling or vintage wearing or anything yeah. like that then there's not much else they can do with the the les balls this point unless they just say but we're going to cut the features right back the only thing I might say is double cut junior. Absolutely, I think old junior range SG junior, LP junior, double cut junior. Yeah, would be absolutely banging because um, Gibson's still at the moment. I think their um, modern double cut junior, like the one with the weird pick guard on it. Yeah, I think. You can get them for about five, six hundred. But then, if you want like traditional, you're talking over a grand. I'm pretty sure the last in the last run they got rid of the normal ones. You can only get them in the custom shop now, and they're over two grand. I had a look recently, um, and they did have they did have it in the standard line, but. It it was in dollars, but it was like one, two, I think. Right, okay. But you're still talking that'll be like the best part of a grand. And I don't know. Oh, if, yeah, that'll if, be a thousand pound. I don't know if they're over here as well. Um, but that, it seems ridiculous having a, what is essentially like a student model guitar or was considered a student model guitar at a grand. Like, yeah. it's. It like put put it six seven hundred quid again like that that sweet sweet spot seven hundred quid. It's not quite a grand, so you'd feel a bit a bit more comfortable with it. Um, 
Oh yeah, and I think if Epiphone did one, maybe like two hundred, two fifty. Even even three hundred quid for a, a double cut junior, two fifty for an SG junior and a standard Les Paul junior. People they fly off the shelves. People they, are crying out for those guitars. Yeah, they would fly off the shelves. Like even if they are priced a little bit, because the problem is at the moment you've got you've got affordable um, alternatives like the Ollie Benton, Ferris uh, Blue. Um, is it a double cut? No, it's a single cut. That's no, a single cut. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and that's the, just a special color of a range that's already exists. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Um, that's what one one seventy or something like that. I think, and that and that's because yeah. that's that's got that like P P ninety special pickup that like is tappable, um, and also comes with like graph tech not and uh like it's they come strung with um Dario's as well, so it's it's all it's all like legit. And they're coming in under that two hundred price point, like yeah. But people would always be willing to spend more on an Epiphone than they will be for Harley Benton, just because of the the reputation of those two companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that Kalamazoo stock is, it's just it it's it's closer to Gibson than the the Harley Benton one, and in terms of the shape as well, Harley Benton will have had to tweak it a little bit so that they're not. In season desist target zone, <laughs> whereas Epiphone won't have to do that. So it'll, it will feel slightly more like a um, more like a a Les Paul, uh, yeah. like a Gibson Les Paul uh, double cut. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like, yeah, I th- I think if if they're going to add to the Les Paul range, that's that's the place that Gibson are missing. Yeah, in the actual Les Paul. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's Epiphone's uh, next. I, th- I think we both agree on that one that that's where Epiphone should go next. Finally, before we uh, before we wrap up the podcast, what should Epiphone not do next? <laughs> what should Epiphone avoid doing next? <laughs> because uh, they've they've done. To be fair, within the last. Last five years, Epiphone have have taken some great steps. Um, they have, and and Gibson have they to have. be fair. Like we've definitely within the last kind of two or three. Yeah, um, in terms of things not to do, eight hundred quid Joe Bonamassa Firebird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'd say I'd completely agree with it, but they sell. The the, the stupid thing is they sell. Yeah, but only to stupid people. Yeah, they do sell to stupid people, and there will probably be a collector's market later on, where more stupid people will buy buy them for stupid prices. But they are selling. But I I completely agree with you that the Epiphone uh, signature range is a saturated range. Like you've yeah. had some stupid, stupid guitars in there. Didn't they, didn't they have a slash one for over a thousand pounds this year or last year? Yeah, I think so. so it was like eleven hundred quid for a fucking Epiphone because it had slashes signature or something. 
Yeah, they had like a limited run, and there was like some some case candy that came with it, and and so on and so forth. But it was, yeah, it was a a very pricey Epiphone. Uh, they've done. Uh, they've done various Joe Bonamassa signatures, like a, a Joe Bonamassa three three five, with Joe Bonamassa across the the fretboard. Yeah, I vaguely they've remember. Had, they've had several different Les Pauls in the last four years, with yeah. Joe Bonamassa's signature on them one way or another. And they had that flying V, didn't they? The the, uh, the Amos flying V, which was like the Karina yeah. bodied flying V. Um. Yeah, I mean, the, we've reported on so many Slash and Joe Bonamassa signatures. Uh, <laughs> They've all run into one in my head. Yeah, which is which is why we have like, why we're struggling to come up with anything that makes a cohesive bit of sense because yeah. they there's just been it's been saturated. But I'd go I'd go one further. I'd go one further than that and say scrap. Scrap all signatures within the Epiphone range. I reckon for all the good that they've done, because we mentioned before the cast the Lee Malia, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, which has been like there was, there was a Les Paul, there was an RD. I think there might have been another one as well. There was a Explorer, if I remember rightly. Okay, so we've got three, three Lee Malias, which seem to like, seem to really like. Um, really get like a cult following, and it's not because of Lee Malia. I don't think it's because of the uh the humbucker P ninety um pickup config was was the reason. But like the, those those were considered to be absolutely excellent. You've got uh like the Gary Clark Junior. Um, that was that that was. Gibson, wasn't it? Or no, the, did they do the, another one? The casino. Oh, the casino. The casino. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They they then took him on to do the Gibson, uh, P two hundred and seventy, uh, SJ, um, which is again absolutely banging, fantastic price, triple P ninety SJ for like, I think it was like one three or something like that. That's insane. Um. But like for all of these kind of cool and quirky little uh little signatures, the Lizzie Hale, the Matt Heafy, all of these, you end up with like shed loads, absolutely shed loads of um like Joe Bonamassa and slash signatures that are so homogenized. Like there's this is X X burst of a slash guitar that he played once on like an like a guest spot on an album that you've never heard of. And you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, sweet, brilliant. Um but it's less they sell so <laughs> they keep churning mate. I wanna see yeah. none of that. I wanna see that only in the Gibson lineup. Um like give these people the the ones who are you giving Epiphone signatures because like like the Lee Malias, the Gary Clarks, the Lizzie Hale, the all of these um all of these kind of quote unquote lower tier um Gibson artists. Pump bump them up but give them like a like a mid range Gibson, like like the Gary Moore 
uh, BFGs were like they were they come out at a grand, yeah, uh, and were like it was essentially like a studio with P90 and a um, humbucker. Brilliant, yeah, do that. Give them give them like a lower lower tier Gibson if that's what if that's how you want to play it. Yeah. Um, I can get on board with that. Like, just leave the leave the Epiphones for just straight cheaper, like. <laughs> Like quote quote unquote cheaper, but like Gibsons that are manufactured in like China or Korea. Yeah, and that's yeah. That that's fine. That's how I'd I'd like to see. It. Uh, l- let us know in the in the comments of uh, of our Facebook um, group. Let us know which what, what you'd like to see Gibson doing, because like what we're we're saying might be com- the complete opposite you might be like yeah, give more signature more signature artists i want to see this person and that person and this person with signatures let us know let us know because i'd really like to hear your feedback listener um speaking of listeners we've got some premium listeners to mention here haven't we some patreon geezers um let's see if i can remember them because it's been a while um Right, so as little as $2 a month, you can be one of these people. You can get your name shouted out on the podcast. And you get a little bit of a little bit of a shout out to your company if you if you are part of a company. Much like Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We've got Andrew Bimson. We've got Doug Christ of 37 Effects, uh, who Matt was talking about earlier. We have got Joseph Richardson of Joseph Richardson Music and Abstractium Band, who not so long ago have released an acoustic version of Argon, their their debut single. Um, who else have we got? We've got Huge Erection. We've got 90, <laughs> 90s Wood. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. We have got Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast. I think that's it, isn't it? As far as I'm aware, unless there's been any changes. I didn't miss anyone. That's fine. So, if you want to catch us online, I am Budget Pedal Chap. So, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube.com slash Budget Pedal Chap. YouTube.com is the home to the No Talk Will Tone series. And if you uh, subscribe and hit that bell icon, on pedal boards of doom as well you will also get the stomp v stomp series and if i pull my finger out the second in the series of the top five um top five video series uh, i i need to orchestrate that a little bit better this second second one is a follow-up to the most influential pedals based on commenters and there's a very very special surprise it's well worth looking out for that's all i'm saying there matt you are hill underscore matt q correct twitch at twitter at instagram yep and you are part of the bad bookers podcast yes yep yeah, yeah. You, you're nodding. You're nodding. Nodding doesn't doesn't work on a on an audio oh, podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Point taken. There we go. <laughs> it's been a while for you as well, hasn't it, Matt? 
Yeah. yeah it's been <laughs> over a month. There it's you been go. too long. We need to not do that again. No, no, we don't. Uh, so I think that's where we're going to wrap up this podcast for today. So from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. From Mr. Matt Quine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Way. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Not a bit. Bye. I'm like the fabric version of King Midas. Everything I touch becomes felt. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> when 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 does a joke become a dad joke? Go on. And this this punchline works much better. Much better when it's written down. When the punchline becomes apparent apparent yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. After yeah. the delivery? <laughs> there we go.